Welcome back to another episode of the B2B Founder Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Trainer. I'm really excited today to have David Breyer on the podcast. David is one of the world's top branding experts. His work has been featured in Adweek, Forbes, Fortune, Fast Company, New York Times Magazine, Inc., and numerous other publications. He's also helped build the brands of the New York City Ballet, Revlon, Estee Lauder, Legacy Chocolates, the New York Times Magazine, Sunbelt Software, KnowBefore.com, and many, many others. David is also the author of the bestseller, Brand Intervention, 33 Steps to Transform the Brand You Have into the Brand You Need, which he has called the Branding Bible. So why am I telling you all this and why the long introduction? Because when David speaks about branding, you should listen. Branding is the key to scaling a business, regardless of whether you're a B2B or B2C, because at the end of the day, it's about talking to another human. David today walks us through his process for achieving differentiation, the brands that have successfully stood out and those who have failed, his perspective on growing beyond your network, and so much more. So get ready to transform your startup from the mundane into the awesome by tuning into this episode. Now, on to the show. Hey, welcome to the podcast, David. It's great to have you here. Hey, man. I love, how, I love the fact that you've got me here and, you know, you've got great initials, BT, and I've got DB, and it's like it's a whole freaking, it's a festival of letters, man. It's a perfect combination. That's why you're on the program today. Now. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely been a podcast that I've been looking forward to. I think I shared with you offline, you know, one of my first books when I started transitioning back to the entrepreneurship was your book on the brand intervention. And it was, you know, really an eye-opening book and we'll get there, but I did want to throw that out. Highly recommend folks pick it up. If you need any questions after you're listening to this episode, you know, Dave's got a ton of great content, which, which we'll cover. But before we get there, why don't you tell the audience just a little bit about what you're, you're up to these days and who you're working with, and then we'll, we'll get into it. Absolutely. I mean, literally, literally working with, we have uh, companies that we're working with on, I don't know, I think three or four continents at this point currently, and, you know, it's the thing that I love to do, which is really helping clients and companies just not blend in. You know, I mean, the idea of, of predictable and the idea of oh, incremental little, you know, looks better, sounds better. Da, 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 da. It's like, you know, yeah, but is it freaking amazing? I think at this point in time, you know, anybody and their mother can put up a, Website, the landing page, a funnel sequence, this, that, the other, da, 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 da. They could start a YouTube channel, a TikTok, a boat, you know, and you go. And there's a lot of stuff that's not particularly great. It's just, it might be a little noisier. It might just be a little this, a little that. So you got to be, you got to be bold, you know. It's like, you know, boring people or, or being predictably nice is like not going to get you down the marathon of, of the game of business. Yeah. And it's not going to cut through the noise. That's for sure. And, not at all. You know, I don't throw the word, you know, the term OG around very often, but you know, from a branding perspective, you know, you've been around for, you, you can admit how long it's been, but more than two decades. Let's put it that way. Right. 
two, two decades times two, man. That's what that's the math. There it's you like, go. I've, I've been doing this for 40 freaking years, which is sick because one, it doesn't feel like that. Two, I, I can guarantee you when I started my career, when I heard that someone had been in business for 40 years, the, I, they, I was sure that they were probably like, you know, one foot in the grave, you know, and I just <laughs> do not feel dead. Don't feel tired, you know, and just I'm excited over what the hell can be done. And I, and I run circles around 98% of my clients. I'm like, okay, boom, boom, boom. Here's what's gotta be done. So, you know, to me, it's all about, I mean, how into it are you? You know, I mean, it's right. like, you know, let's, let's go. To me, you're either a sleep aid or you're freaking, or you're freaking adrenaline rush. You know, there's no in between. It's like, well, I'm kind of like in the middle. No, you're not. If you're in the middle, you're already half dead. That, that's what I, that's, that's the thing I'm saying. <laughs> I'm with you. I, I, you know, I, I, I have been hesitant to say, you know, I've almost been in this business almost 30 years. Now I might as well just say it has been 30 years. And you're right. You know, it's, I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do for the second half of my career. Right. It's I know it. I know it. I mean, I believe me. I look at that probably a couple of times a week. I'm like, well, I probably have like 20 more years into this. Like, what do, what, what, what do I want to do? Because now the one thing that I know is that now I can now do more, even though I am older, quote unquote, for those that right. are just listening to this, I'm doing finger quotes, air quotes. Even though I'm older, I can, because of what I know, I can do stuff faster. I can achieve more in a given hour than I probably could in the beginning of my career than I might achieve in a week. Yeah, because I, I just that. know, I know the landmines. I know the places to, I know when to zig and how fast to zig. It's not like I know, the, 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 it's not that I, like I'm following a template, but I know it's like, okay, if I'm going to pivot, I'm going to normally pivot, you know, five times faster than others who are like, they'll realize once they're near the finish line, oh, we should have pivoted back there. You know, I'm like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah, he who hesitates is lost, right? I mean, and it comes Absolutely. with experience. And and to your point, it's right. I figured out a couple of years ago from a productivity standpoint, you know, I got into a routine in the morning and I forget who I was sharing with this recently, but you know, I can get almost a full days of work done by eleven AM, right? Because that way if I Which is killer. It, it's killer. That's and, awesome. And then if things go sideways the rest of the day, at least I had a productive day, right? Versus if yeah. you don't do that and then things go sideways and you got nothing done. And so you're right, experience definitely does help in prioritizing. So, so with that being said, let's, you know, what I'd love to get is you gave us a little insight, you know, your definition of branding, right? I mean, it's yep. a term everybody throws around and specifically branding as we think about, you know, the B2B world. And I believe it's fun. It has been fundamentally changing. I think it's fundamentally changed now with the pandemic and moving everybody having to adopt to digital, you know, but I'd love to get your your definition of, of branding and how B2B founders and businesses should be thinking about it. Completely. All right. So here's the, here's the basic, let me, let me give a context before I give the definition, because then it makes much more sense today, right? We are all, if we were, let's be real. We're one Google search away from a thousand, 5,000, 10,000 or more options, places to buy from brands to choose. Okay. So we're one Google search away. So are you going, are you as a business going to win by out featuring? Oh, they've got 12 little features. Oh, we'll have 13. 
Oh, they have 13. We'll have 14. It's like, that's ridiculous. That's what I call. There's two races that I will never advocate. I won't, I won't advocate the race to the top, which is features playing the feature competition. And I won't advocate the race to the bottom, which is, Oh, they can, they can do it for, they can do it for $10,000. We'll do it for $9,900. Oh, they can do it for $9,900. We'll do it for 9750. It's like anybody can always out feature you and anybody can always underprice you. So where's your sweet spot? That's where it comes into the factor of branding and the definition because I was shocked when I had, uh, I don't know, some five, six, seven years ago, I looked, I decided to look on Amazon, type in branding on search under books. And at the time there were 6,500 books. Okay. 6,500 books on branding. Okay. Then now today, if you were to do today, there's over 10,000 books today. And if you and I were to say, if you were to say, Hey, David, you know, why don't you and I start a, a book club and you and me, we're going to read one branding book a day until we've read them all. You know, that it would take us over 24.6 years to read all those books. <laughs> so that's, so that's the thing with regard to that. And, and there's some, there's some good golden gems in those books, but you got to look for them. You got to hunt for them. And they and the, the authors, most of them are what I call rude. They basically invited you not to read a book, but to a treasure hunt. Yes, we buried the 10 pages of goodness in here somewhere, and it's your job to find it, right? And I'm going, what? That's like, that's like me inviting someone over for dinner and saying, by the way, I'm going to put 12 <laughs> things out for dinner, and uh, only two of them are good. Hope you find them. <laughs> you know, It's like, what the hell is that? So uh... anyway, so the, so the basic definition is, basic definition that I came up with because I looked at what was the thing that branding was achieving. Branding is achieving differentiation. So my forward definition is the art of differentiation because it's, I forget who said it, but basically the factor is like, there's this thing going around and I love it. It's that, that different is better than better. And the thing about that is why, why would different be better than better because of this? Better means that we're incrementally still in, we're, we're still in the same bucket as all these other competitors. Do we really want to be playing on the same playing field as all these right. others? Especially, especially if we've created as a, as a business owner, we created a better service or better product. Do we really want to be like, but you can compare us to all these others. Now I understand that they may think that those are choices, but if you use differentiation to separate yourself from, now you're not playing because the, be- the different is better than better. Why? Because if you're in the same bucket, you have to compare on the same terms. You have to use the same framework. You have to, then your value component can't be comparable. It only is going to be compared to all the others. And so maybe you have to go cheaper because you're still being compared in the same way. But different, that's why different is better than better. Because different, it's like, wait a second. We it's like, why did Dyson as a vacuum cleaner come out and completely crush right. all these? Other, he used design. He came out with his turbine system. He used colors that nobody ever used. And the whole industry frantically went, ah! all of a sudden, they became yesterday's news. In like in one full swoop, they became the old way. He became the new way. And companies like him or Tesla or Apple 
or different companies that routinely innovate, that's the difference. Yeah, it makes so much sense. I think in the, I say the glory days of the tech companies, right, four, five, six years ago, you could differentiate on your technology, right, because it was better. But the way people can replicate and duplicate technology, what do you have? It's maybe a three-month head start until somebody figures out how to mimic what you've done and 100% agree on the pricing. The race to the bottom is you're not going to win it. And so it becomes that differentiation. And, you know, my super simple definition is, you know, what problem are you solving for the customer? How do you do it? How do you do it differently? And can you prove it? Seems super simple, but it's really hard for a lot of companies to to come up with that. And, you know, part of what I really like around your messaging is be able to take that back up to, you know, the company level and say, who are we? What is our personality, which is going to separate you? And, I, you know, going back, I grew up splitting time between the enterprise world and the startup world in roles between sales and marketing. So I got a glimpse of everything up on the sales side, you know, branding is just foo-foo, unnecessary fluff and expense and, you know, marketing and leads and it's the whole thing. But I think we're now to the point, and I would love your perspective, you know, that branding is kind of everything, man. If you don't get that right, it's going to be really hard or an uphill battle to try to win deals and separate yourself as you're trying to grow as a company. Is that a fair... Assessment. Oh, com- completely. I, I'm going to see if I can actually. This I, you just reminded me of a quote, of a quote from Gary Vaynerchuk. He goes, "The difference between branding and sales is simple. Are you trying to convert or are you trying to create an experience? The latter always wins, right?" So he says the difference between branding and sales is simple, and he talks about the fact that the the, the big, the greatest brand. And I agree. I mean, I've seen this happen all the time. Because I've created, you know, I, I've helped companies accelerate their growth. I've helped some companies become like million dollar, multi-million dollar empires. I've even helped a few become billion dollar empires. I mean, one, and it's always funny. I mean, I, I, I just was busting a client's chops, you know, last, last night because they said, oh, we're moving into this new phase. I'm like, what, and when am I going to find this out? I'm like two or three years. And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I have, a, I have a client down in Florida that went from a startup right? I, I worked with him in his previous company. He sold it, went from a, in the tech space, went from startup to billion with a B billion dollar unicorn in eight years. Okay. And he's a, an excellent CEO. He's an excellent leader. One of the nicest business people I've ever met, but is attentive to the right details, knew the role of branding, and the importance of it. And we just gave it the right branding to really, you know, and he says, you know, you delivered perfect branding. We couldn't have done this without you, you know, and that's the reward. But, it, but he didn't say, you know, now granted, he had, he flanks it and compliments it with having right sales pieces in place. All this right. kind of stuff. You have those, but if you've got, if you lack a brand, you're going transaction to transaction and all your, all your heavy lifting is on the shoulders of, do we have quote unquote, rock star salespeople who can close or rock star closers. And then all your brand is 100% reliant on, you know, Mary, John, Billy, and whoever, you know, because they can close, not because you have a great brand or great story. Right. So, so that's, that's the vulnerability. When you have a brand, you have a story that resonates. You have values that, customers will tap into 
you know, why do people choose me? They know what I stand for. They know that I'm in it for the, for, for real, that I actually give a shit. And if you're, and if you as a, as a, as a entrepreneur, because I work with only with CEOs, if I'm working with you and you say something really damn stupid, I'm going to say, by the way, FYI, news alert, you're wrong. And here's why. And I don't, I'm not there to pacify and I'm not there just to make stuff look prettier. It will look better because we've got the other things in place, but the, the better looking part, the better sounding part, those are outcomes of handing, having the right branding fundamentals in place. Those are outcomes. Those aren't the drivers. It's like, oh, we want to look better. Let's call David. No, it's like we want a brand. We want a brand that separates us out. Da, 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 da. But let's call David. And then the other stuff will come out. You know, but that's the outcome. It's not the cause. Yeah. No, and that's such a, such a good point. And I love your 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 analogy with the salespeople too. I mean, the way I, I talk to a lot of you know startup founders, like, well, I think I'm going to hire a couple salespeople. I'm like, yeah, you can, but you know, I always <laughs> say, you know, sales is like hand to hand combat. You and I can do our good job. We can hit our quota and make numbers. You're never going to scale unless you're going to bring in you know a hundred rock star salespeople. So you've got to start getting you know, that story up front. And so if you think about it from a B2B founder perspective, I'm getting started, you know, I'm, I'm actually talking to customers, I'm getting some success, right? I've sold a few and I'm starting to think about the bigger picture, you know, to me, you know, without thinking about branding in general, you know, content is right. You got to, content is no longer an option, right? You got to have the good content, which then if you don't have the brand to tell the story, blah, blah, blah. So if long winded question to you is, you know, if I am a founder, we've got some success. How do I start thinking about building that brand in the early days? And is there some foundational steps I should be taking, even if I know it's going to pivot as I, I get a little stronger, but I guess, how do we avoid having to, all right, now we're at a $2 million company. I've got to go tell the brand story versus, hey, as I'm starting to build this, is there a good foundational way to approach it? Well, yeah. I mean, I would start out, I always, one of the earliest questions that I ask clients and business owners is, why you? Why should I, as a prospect, choose you? Why should I, as a prospect, choose your company, your service, your product? And here's the good news and the bad news. The good news, and then frankly, they're interchangeable as far as I'm concerned. The, the, the bad news, the apparent bad news is that you'll go, well, because we've been in business for so many years, because we're more knowledgeable, because we're more caring, because we did this, and because we that, and because feature one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and it has never yet not occurred in four decades. All of those things that I just rattled off are little cliches that sound just like your competition. And because my normal next question will be, okay, and thank you for all that. Now, why do I know that your that if I went to any of your competitors, they pretty much would tell me they're own version of essentially what you just told me and that's at the point where they go yeah you're kind of right i've never had anybody go no 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 they won't tell that they all that's like the that's like the moment of where reality kind of slaps them in the face and goes yo dude yo dude a little too much kool-aid and so the thing is is so it's like okay now that you're drunk with your love affair with your own thing it's like now 
Let's take the blinders off and go, okay. So now that we know that you sound like, you taste like, you smell like, and you feel like your competition, I'm going to ask you again, why you? Now we get that second run through normally takes 10 minutes, 20 minutes, an hour to sift through the stuff they've immersed themselves in and surrounded themselves in all the greatness of their own blah, 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 blah. And, and I'm like, okay, why you? Why your brand? Give me something that is distinctly different, that is valuable to me, that I care about. You know, it may be sometimes the, sometimes the, the solutions that companies offer, they're not dramatically different. So you got to figure out a better way to frame it. You might have to just have a hell of a better story. Right. right? If, you're off, if you're offering... If you're offering something that's a little bit in the commodity, like, okay, we're really not offering something majorly different, but we, you know, well then what, what, what can you do? Usually there's something they can do or they can amplify or they can, they can go, you know what? We actually are simpler, but we've never really dialed into that. Like how much simpler and easier we can be to the user. So in other words, there's normally a little blind spot. They've, because they're treating everything as though all the facts and all the features and all the benefits and all the everythings are all equal. Right. And that is insanity. They're not all equally important. They're not all equally relevant. They, there are certain things that are important. There are certain things that are unimportant. There are things that are good. There are triggers. There are things that are non-starters. If you don't have a clarity on those, you know, that's like the, sh the shitty salesman, right? The right. shitty salesperson <laughs> that just goes, oh, blah, 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 right? It's like, it's just like freaking diarrhea of the mouth. It's like, they're going to, they're going to throw everything at you, figuring, hoping that something's going to stick. And they'll tell you about this. And they'll tell you about that. And they'll tell you about this. And then there's this, and then there's these tires, and then there's this, and then there's that, blah, 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 or whatever the hell it is. And you're like, what if you knew the two or three things that actually mattered to your customer? Right. Actually mattered that none of your competition's talking about. Well, wouldn't that change things? That right there is an example of the kind of mentality you got to have. Yeah, no, and that's awesome too. And I think if you get to a point, especially early on, if you can't find a single way you're different, you may not be in the right business, right? It's going to be a super hard you may slug not. You to, may not. to get there. And, you know, I th what, what's your perspective now? Because I know. And I've been pushing, right? You can differentiate on experience right now. What's your overall experience with the customer brand? And I think simplicity is part of it and friendliness. And is there a window right now to be able to differentiate on experience or is that going to become a commodity? I don't think it is in the short term, just based on companies I work with, but. I think, you mean, you're talking about user experience? Yeah. My I, would say use, I would say user experience definitely is key. Absolutely is key. But. I think there's two other parts that, that are, that make that up. One is your sense of humanity. In other words, why is it that Apple is Apple and Samsung is Samsung? Their technologies in some places are quite comparable, but Samsung is this faceless entity. We know nothing about, you know, they do the cool photos. They do the cool, they do the stuff, 
that's just as just as beautifully shot and photographed. They probably spent as many millions of dollars on their ads as Apple has on, on creating its ads. But Apple has a soul, right? Now, if, if Apple did not have the, you know, Steve Jobs, the legacy of Steve Jobs, I think that would be a very different discussion we'd be having. So you have, right. the, you have Steve Jobs and the legacy of Steve Jobs that added truly a human voice. So that's one part. So there's the humanity. And then the other side is the values, right? The greatest brands in the world are built on a set of values. One of the greatest brands in the world, Nike. What's their, what's their slogan? Just do it. Do it yeah. It's a set of values right there, right? Under that banner of just do it, you can sell you know, clothing and you could sell sneakers and you could sell equipment and whatever. Because it's a set of values. And, and when Steve Jobs came back to Apple, right, after he was ousted and then he came back, I think it was 96, I think he came back. Right. And the whole thing was, what did he come back with? He came back with a campaign based on this one question. When you want to know your, when you want to know someone really fast, ask them who their heroes are. Now, and that blew me away. Interesting. And yeah. that became that became that became the the think different campaign because you and if your listeners are unfamiliar with the think different campaign, they need to as soon as they're done listening to this, they need to go go to YouTube and go to YouTube and find out uh, search on a think different. Find the black and white. It's about a two minute long video, if I remember right, about two minute long commercial, one and a half to two minutes. And it's black and white. And it basically was here's to the troublemakers, here's to the rebels, here's to the round pegs that are in square holes or, you know, or square, square pegs and round holes. And it's the, the script was amazing. But what was more amazing was this it showed people. Not in color, because that would have looked a little too polished, black and white. Interesting. Because, you know, so it's made it more authentic, more yeah. documentary-ish. So it's like, so it was one, you had that. Two, you had the component of none of these people ever used a computer. Forget ever using an Apple device. Never used a computer. Because you're dealing with Einstein, Picasso. John Lennon, Bob Dylan, Thomas Edison, no, Alexander Graham Bell, Mahatma Gandhi, Martin Luther King, et cetera, et cetera. You had all of these. These were simply trailblazers. These were yeah. rebels who refused to conform. And that talked about values, right? They didn't talk about, hey, better operating system, cooler interface. <laughs> that would have no, dumbed it down, right. right? So anyway, that's a... Uh, that's a, a lengthier answer, but it gives you a little bit of, a, of insight into that. Yeah, no, I like it. And I think it leads kind of my, ne my next question. So you think about it, it's I don't know, maybe easier isn't the right word from, you know, business to consumer, right? How do I really one on one? But now when I try to translate into a business to business, it's still a business to consumer, but you may be reaching different people. And where I find a lot of brands or companies have a hard time, you know, kind of conveying exactly what you just talked about. What are our values and how do we make this more human and how do I make the experience? And I know it's going to take a little while for companies to catch up, but you know, I love your perspective on how 
you know, the B2B can start to close that gap or it's, if the, you can think off the top of your head, any companies that are doing it well. I could rattle it off in my sleep. Gary <laughs> Vaynerchuk. Hello. There's B2B. Okay. B2B. But the bottom line is, is if you, if you really understand, if you really understand human nature, it's really H to H. It's what I call right. human to human. Bottom line is, is there's a person with a pulse and a heartbeat at the end of every decision, whether you're in B2B or B2C. And frankly, B2B and B2C is a freaking myth. It's bullshit. I, I, I think that's a crock of bullshit. I think that was an interesting idea that someone pitched, but the distinction was useless. There's you and me making a decision. The only difference is in a B2B space, I'm making a decision for a group and for the survival and the benefit of that group, which is known as a business. Personal, it's like, well, it might be for me. It might be for me and my wife family. or my spouse right. or my family. But so, that, so what's the difference? So it's like we have, we have one context and another context. But the bottom line is it's still, you go, you go, okay. So to me, it's like Gary Vaynerchuk. You know, there's shark, the sharks on Shark Tank. I mean, come on. You take a look at Richard, Richard uh, uh, Branson, you know, Virgin. He, he has B to B, B, B to C. He's, got a, he's all over the place. So the bottom line is, is are you real? Do you stand for something? Do you care about something? And what are you defiantly opposed against, right? If you're a brand, you need to be a staunch advocate of something. Like, we love efficiency. We can't stand inefficiency. There's your love-hate. There's your hero, your villain. Bang. Right. I love it. Yeah, I think anybody that's seen Hamilton now that it's been on, you know, Disney Plus, you know, what will you if you don't stand for something, what will you fall for, right? I mean, it was one of the the lines, but I think going back 200 years, it's still true, right? It's there's no hacking your way around the brand and yeah, I love the, uh, Gary Vanderchuk. He's kind of redefined the way we think about certain things and, you know, yeah. crash. And he is who he is. He's unapologetic about it. And he's like, if you like me, great. If not, no yeah. love loss, right? Uh, yeah. Curious about a, a bigger company like Microsoft, right? They've kind of, you know, they lost the battle of the, the PC and the operating system, but yet they've kind of reinvented them there. I haven't looked recently, but they're one of the top three valued companies in the, in the world at the moment. And, yeah. I, I do think they brought a little bit more personality into the business. Probably a long way to go, but just curious your I, thought on Microsoft. Well, okay. So the thing is, is, is I mean, Bill Gates was an awkward geek. All right. <laughs> he, he was. Uh, not, not a big personality. And the difference, oh, and, and actually, I haven't thought of this before, but, I, but this, this to me is the distinction. Apple was entrepreneurial. Microsoft was capitalistic. Oh, yeah. That's the difference. It was a transaction. Microsoft was like, we're going to get, we're going to give away our operating, operating system. We're going to get it in every computer, right? It was like, if you're, if you're a fan of Star Trek, the next generation, they were like the Borg, right? They're going to assimilate you, right? <laughs> so, and so the thing is, is, you know, so, you know, and, you know, Microsoft, you know, they, they do some fine things, but, you know, but like Samsung, it's like, a, it's like a big, so what? Because they do as many wrong things as they do right things. So like they, like they are the king of bloat, right? They just keep adding crap onto their stuff. They don't clean it and streamline it. And like, you know, so it's like, to me, they're the king of bloat. So, and like, for example, they bought, 
Skype. Did they do any? They, why didn't they become the next Zoom? Because they weren't entrepreneurial. Yeah. They simply, they simply, you know, they're in the merger and acquisition context. Why didn't they do that? Skype sucks. I hate Skype. Hundred percent. Right. Skype is just crap. So you know, so there's that. You go okay. Then you go all right. Well, what about what about LinkedIn? Is LinkedIn a great user experience? Hell no. Do I use LinkedIn a lot? I certainly do. Do I like it? I don't like it at all. It, it's message. It's messaging sucks. It like it goes on forever. I have to search. You know, it's like nightmarish. Doesn't help me. Does it? Does it help with regard to communities? Not really. Does it help with regard to making things easier? Does it have an algorithm which makes sense? You know, it it has as many flaws. And it's and LinkedIn Live sucks. LinkedIn, if you're listening, Microsoft, your your LinkedIn Live experience sucks. It sucks as a user, and it sucks as an actual, you know, someone going to a thing. So why isn't LinkedIn LinkedIn in the right hands, which Microsoft still has the opportunity to do. Right. It's just about the way, but their culture, I don't know if their culture is going to be set up to ever, ever do it, take it to this point. Why couldn't LinkedIn become the TikTok of, of the business world in terms of popularity and, ad- and adoption? Why not? So those are the kinds of questions that I ask. I go, you know, what the hell is it? What's the deal here? Yeah. So, that, so that's, the, that's the thing that I look at. I, I think that Microsoft, from a culture standpoint, you know, the, the new, the new, the new CEO is definitely better, definitely more personable than, than Bill Gates. I mean, Bill Gates, he's a, he is the, the poster child of, of the awkward, uh, socially awkward geek. Yeah, he's nice. not, you know, he is. Yeah. 100%. I, you know, I remember, I remember there was that one, I remember there was that one with, what was the, 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 the heavy set CEO, the Steve Ballmer. Bomber. Bomber. So Bomber, I mean, Bomber, you know, he always like, he was always dancing like, 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 it was like, dude, it doesn't look good on you. And it doesn't look good <laughs> on all the rest of your guys either. You know, I remember Steve, I remember like, you know, Bill Gates in the background, kind of like, you know, it was like, that. <laughs> right. I'm like, this is so uncomfortable to watch guys. <laughs> Be you, right? <laughs> it was so, it was so bad. And so anyway, so that's, those are, that's my feedback as far as, as far as those guys. Yeah. Go. Interesting. I think you're right. I mean, right now, LinkedIn is just kind of sitting there. We, the best tool for, you know, the B2B world to connect and, but yeah, your messaging, everybody leaves the messaging to convert. Hey, let's take this up an email. Why? They should be able to better interface hundred percent. So somebody's going to come along and figure out how to upset this Apple card. Someone can dethrone someone. If, if Richard Branson or Mark Cuban uh, wanted to dethrone them, that could happen tomorrow. Yeah. It could happen tomorrow. And, and they could, it, and just, just like Apple music, their ascent was like meteoric, you know, against Spotify, right? You go Spotify. So you got Spotify oh, yeah. and, you know, and so, but, you know, but all of a sudden, bam, you had this amazing trajectory and they had like what, 50 million, you know, subscribers, 60 million subscribers within, I don't know, 10 months or something like that because they offered, it was in that ecosystem and I love it. I yeah. mean, every week, every Friday, I get my new music based on my likes and stuff like that. I, and it's like, so I get convenience and I get discovery brought to my front door every week interface Easy is fine. To use, yep. boom 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 so you know so it's just it's just kind of like they did that if apple wanted to do that apple could crush linkedin tomorrow if it if it chose to 
To, yeah, and I think that's why I think LinkedIn's a perfect poster child for legacy B2B, right? <laughs> Just take yeah. it for granted. People will keep using us because there's no alternatives and that. But guess what? Because people there's no alternative. That that's where that's where complacency and stagnancy are. The app will kill you if you have a business. Any complacency. I, there's not a single day that I don't take a quick scan of my business and my go, going. Is there anything that I'm doing that's lazy? Is there anything I'm doing that's not, that's not being proactive? Is there, you know, I mean, it's like, I mean, I do it every freaking day. I mean, it's not even like, it's not even conscious. I just kind of like go, hmm. okay, good. You know, oh shit, there, right? Boom, fix, right? Yeah. And so, you yeah, know, that's, just, that's I, the kind of thing. I think there's so much opportunity. And, you know, though I moved into the back into the B2B and the startup space particularly is I think there's a huge opportunity to go take on these legacy companies that, one, because they're so siloed, right? You know, sales, marketing, customer success, or account management, and everybody's got their own operating budgets and trying to pivot back around to customer experience or, or the buyer and aligning with them is going to be so damn hard to do, just even from an efficiency standpoint, but not alone on the messaging, which then leads me back to more of a tactical question for you is, mm -hmm. you know, it was, I had one of those epiphany moments earlier during the podcast when I was interviewing founders of B2B companies that had made, you know, what I would call above 10 million in revenue, right? And that's mm -hmm. an arbitrary number, but, you know, the research showed like less than 5% of all companies reach a million dollars and less than 1% get to 10 million. And, you know, I'm a big believer that's more execution than it is idea. But when I started interviewing these founders and talked to about those thresholds, what they, to a person, they came back and said, where we got stuck was once I ran out of my network, right? So if I, somebody like you, which you have your own company, so bad example, but you know, if I've been in the industry 25 years, start my own company, I can sell to my network. I can probably grow that business to a million dollars. Now I've got to start reaching outside of people who know us. Right. And to a person, they get stuck. Vast majority of the companies never figured out, run out of money, they, they close. Or the other one's nine, 12, 15 months to figure out how do we reach that. So, you know, one of the areas I've been playing around with, and I'd love you to shoot this down, <laughs> is again, back to my super simple thing, right? There's people that know you and know they have a problem. You know, that's your network, optimize it, sell. There's people that know they have a problem that don't know you, right? So that's more of an awareness problem. There's people that don't know have a problem, but they know you, more education, you know, convincing they have a problem. Then there's the fourth, which is don't know they have a problem, don't know you, don't waste your money. I know that's oversimplified, but is that a fair way of looking at how do we expand our business and where we target? Or is there, am I going too... Yeah. I and you won't I hurt think, my feelings if you tell me I'm completely wrong. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm thinking. I'm thinking through. I mean, I think that there's some legitimacy to it, but, but I mean, it's a combination of something that I observed myself and something that Seth Godin had said. He he talked about that. Someone was saying, "Oh God," you know. Someone was like gushing all over him. They go, "Oh, Seth Godin, you're da 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 da." And he goes, "I, I don't think I've made that much of a dent." He goes, "You know, of a planet with seven billion plus." You know, so what? So there might be a million that know me or, or two million that know me or whatever. He goes, so, you know, there's a lot, you know, because, because, that, because the person was asking him something based on the factor of penetration and, 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 and you know, awareness and this, that, the other. And, and he was like, you know, it's not a matter of like everyone knowing you. It's about the right people knowing you. And, you know, he, that's a sort of his tribe 
sort of theory. But I guess like for me, I'll say like I've been, I've been doing this for a while, right? But it was around six years ago, five, six years ago that I was kind of like, you know, I keep on hearing the same question. No matter who and what type of company, no matter what kind of industry, no matter where they are geographically, no matter how long they've been in business, how short they've been in business, whether they're a $50 million company or they're a startup, doesn't matter. And they, I was like, they all have the same questions. So it would be kind of stupid for me to not leverage this and go, you know what, I'm going to put something out there that is available 24-7, 365. It was called a book, right? Now, had I known this, I was talking to my wife about this. I was quite shocked. Had I known this, I mean, there was no one in college when I went to college that said, by the way, part of your career, you were just being trained for your specific discipline. There was no like, by the way, part of your career, if your goal is to influence many, you will want to have on your career path writing a book. And now that I know this, I'm kind of like, are you crazy? You didn't tell me that? Are you sick? You know, it, it, you know it's kind of like, it's kind of like someone like not telling you today. You may want to become comfortable with social media. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like, what? So, you know, it's like one of those glaring, like, how dare you not mention that as an important point? Now, I observed people in my industry early on, and I had done some some visual books because I started out more very design centric more and, and, and grew into the whole branding part. But, you know, I mean, I did some things early on and those were cool and those were nice and fine, but it was very much geared toward the design industry. So when I started doing the book, I, mean, I made a very conscious decision to scale myself and go, okay. And now all of a sudden I have people in Australia and in and the UK and in Europe and in Germany and in Russia and in Taiwan and here that are like, oh my God, your book, right? Because I wrote it for businesses to, and my whole goal was I wanted to produce something that was zero fluff, zero bullshit, not giving you extra words just because I wanted to pad the book. Right. No, I wanted to give you as much, I wanted to be as succinct and to the point as possible and give you why does this stuff work? If you want, I was like, if you want templates, go elsewhere. If you want swipe files, go elsewhere, right? My whole thing was I wanted to write the book for business owners who didn't have time to read a book on branding. That was my whole goal. <laughs> and you that. succeeded, by the way. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. And, that, and so that was the thing. So, so to me, it was like, as far as scalability, that's one of the things that I, that I look at is I look at a book is a powerful tool. Social media is kind of like a gateway drug to books, right? Um, but, you know, but I, I, like probably many of your listeners, I've, at the same time, I've listened, like I remember, and I'll leave this person's name out of it because I actually like this person's work a lot. But there was one person I'd seen, a TED Talk, brilliant TED Talk, 18 minutes, right? I watched this and I was like, wow, I was riveted. I was stunned. I was like, this is a brilliant dissertation. Amazing. I'm like, if they achieve this in 18 minutes, oh my God, their book has got to be freaking mind-blowing. So I get to the book, and the book added nothing. Oh, no kidding. The 18 minutes was everything. The book added nothing to my 
And I was very disappointed. I was like, really? Like, really? You had the opportunity to add and amplify. And instead, you made the choice as the author of that material to not add any value to me as a, as a reader. And now the person has you know, since written other books and they're smart, intelligent. I, I love this person's work. But wow, how disappointing. So, you know, so to me, that's one thing in, in what you've outlined. Yes, that's looking at it from the standpoint of the buyer's awareness. But I think in terms of scalability, if you can have something that can work 24-7 yeah, 100%. on your behalf, no matter no matter the time of day, night, time zone, or whatever, it's like now all of a sudden you have a little soldier that can, that can be out there on your behalf all the time. And when people can find you when they're looking for it, and you know, now that you've met, you talked, it, you know, it's really education. It's hard to separate education and awareness, right? If you're doing it right and you're doing it 24 by seven, you're doing both at the same time, establishing it. it. So, it. all right, I'll rethink that process, but the overall goal is to reach people you don't know. And I think leveraging what you can do as an individual, as a business makes perfect sense. And I think yeah. what is going to help some of these larger enterprises, right? Because there's two paths. One thing I ask, you know, founders is, hey, is this a lifestyle business or a solopreneur that you can build and do really well? Or are you looking to build technically air quotes, a, a real company, which there's, those lines are starting to blur because you can add the same amount of value to companies with, you know, three people yeah. as you could with you used to be able to with 300. Yeah. So why not take some of those practices or best practices and use it as your company as you would as an individual? So no, I love it. So, all right, David, I want to be super respectful of your time. Before I get to my final two questions, do you have any last piece of advice for you know entrepreneurs as they're starting this journey? Well, I, I mean, I'll just I'll just mention this just because I know that you'd mentioned it and I mentioned it, but I the the name of my book is Brand Intervention. 33 steps to create the to create the brand that you need from the, the for, to to transform the brand that you have into the brand that you need and you know that's if they haven't grabbed that I certainly would invite people to grab a copy because it's it is really becoming kind of like happily for many uh, the go-to book because it gives you the stuff real straight without any without any major preamble and I intentionally avoided lingo when I wrote it. I yeah. like it. There's, there's no marketing ease, to speak, no. right? There's yeah. none of that in there. Yeah. You know? and, and there's so much, and I said, I still reference, I go back to it. I've got it on the Kindle, but you know, you see 33 steps, you're like, Oh my God, it's going to take me six years. And, but it's really not right. But then you talked about like the four words, the art of differentiation, the 66% rule, which, you know, sounds super complicated, but it's, it's not. And we'll leave that as a tease so people can look it up. But yeah. no, I highly recommend it because this is one of those books that you can go back and refer to when you have certain questions. And it's just, it's, I don't think it's going to change in the next, you know, obviously 12 months or three years, five years. I think fundamentally it's. No, if the people, the people that, that, that your listeners are dealing with, if they have a pulse and they have a heart, then, then nothing in this book is going to not be applicable. Hundred <laughs> so, percent. You know, and and the other and the other thing too that I mean, this is, I'll just mention this as an aside because we're literally in the first week of it. I'm so excited about it. I actually created a brand intervention masterclass. It's a masterclass uh, and mentorship hybrid, and that is it's an eight week sprint. It is freaking so awesome. I had one one of the students literally called me up 
almost in tears saying just from the first week, she goes, you have changed my life. I mean, just from the first week was utterly like, I'm changing my whole business model. Da, 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 da. That's in the first week, man. There's, That's awesome. And it builds and builds and builds. It is not like each week isn't just like, it's not like a piece of pie cut into seven pieces. No, they compound and compound and compound. And so that's pretty exciting. So that's a, that's a nice compliment because there are those that will, that I'll help and that will hire me for this and that and the other to help them with their brands. And then there are, and then there are those who will grab the book, but then there are those who are like, Hey, they really want that, this very personal, intimate, um, deep dive into just getting the tools. And this is, I'm really, really, really pleased. I've been busting my butt. It's taken way more time to do it than I thought it would to create this thing, but it is really, uh, really something I'm quite proud of. That's awesome. And we'll link to it in the show notes as well. And is that something that we can find on your, your website as well? Or- what I'll do, what I'll do is I'm going to, we've closed the registration on this, on this first, the, the first time. And so what I'll do is I'm going to speak with my partner and say, Okay, for those that want to be on the waiting list, because it's now a little, it's not currently available, right? If you want to be on the waiting list, so I'm gonna, we're gonna add that little part. Okay, uh, which I think is, is that you've just, you've just lit a fire into my ass. That's good. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> we'll notate it in there because it's probably three or four weeks out from the recording. We'll give you a chance to, to get it set up. And you're so good that you took away one of my questions. I said, "What are you working on next?" And I didn't even have to ask you. So thank you there for you that. Last but not least, I ask every guest. And that is, what is one thing that you would highly recommend? And that could be professional, personal, you know, what's something that's important to you, you think other people should, should know about or do? I'll tell you what I told, I spoke to someone yesterday and they were like, they needed a voice. They needed an outside pair of ears and, and, and someone who, who could hear them. And so I heard this person, like, you know, they, they have been successful in the past and not then. Or no, actually, I hadn't. They first they they said, "Well, I'm, you know, I have my current business, and you know, I need to ramp it up. I need to do this. I need to do that. Blah 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 blah." And I'm listening, listening, listening. And then I said, "Let me ask them. Have you been successful in the past?" He goes, "Yes, I have." I said, "Good. What I want you to do is I want you to lock yourself in a freaking bunker and not come out until you're done, and write down everything that you were doing, people you were connected to, initiatives that you were undertaking, and all this kind of stuff that you were doing." At that point, he goes, yeah, but at that time, things were different than this and this. this." I said, listen to me. If any of your answers, if any of your answers are consist of things that are beyond your control, those are not true answers. Those are bullshit. What was the economy? Bullshit. Right. Because there were people during the economy, quote unquote, that weren't doing well. Right. So it's not the economy. Well, well, it might have been, well, I have certain contact. Well, good. There, I'm sure there are other people who knew that certain contact that didn't mean anything for them. So any answers that have it as something out there beyond my control is not an answer to the question. So when you, when I'm saying take inventory of stuff you were doing, take inventory of stuff that you were engaged in, initiatives that you were doing, Things that you were very decidedly not doing, as well as things you were choosing to do. And that's your list of stuff that you did. 
That's stuff that you can own. That's stuff that you can do again. And so to me, the answer to, to your question is anything that comes back to each of us as, as a point of that we recognize I caused that, I'm accountable for that, I'm responsible for that, I can do that, I can initiate that, I can own that, that's something that is useful. Anything that is put someone else on a pedestal, put some other thing as the reason why it all went well, this, that, the other, those are not useful. Those are not truthful and those are smoke and mirrors and those are red herrings. So that's, that's my, that's my answer is like, that's the thing that I would say. It's like the stuff that comes back to you from a standpoint of ownership is the stuff that's good and that's good and bad. It's like, well, you know, something went really wrong. Good. What did you do to make it go wrong? Not from the the standpoint of blame, not from the standpoint of, it's not that. It's simply, okay, what'd you do? Well, I really didn't. I, I didn't do blank and blank and blank and blank. And blank. Thank you. What should you have done? Blank, blank, blank. Good. Yeah, don't have to belabor any points. That's it. Yeah. Own it. Such great advice. You know, kind of the postmortem, good or bad of things. We never do that personally. At least I don't. I mean, if things go wrong, you say, well, I don't. maybe don't want to do that again. But no, I think that's right. really good point when things are going well. Let's get figure out why and just don't say, hey, it was locked right place, right time. Exactly. Create your own luck, create your own opportunity. So no, that you got unique it. answer, David. I love it. We haven't had that one before. And then again, I always look for the, the unique and, and good advice that we can follow. So lastly, if, if people are interested in learning more about you, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Uh, definitely. I would definitely say go, go and subscribe to risingabovethenoise.com. R-I-S-I-N-G, risingabovethenoise.com. Go there. Uh, there's over 300 articles and these are, these, these are like evergreen, meaning these are things that are really, they cover, you know, here's a, here's a business and here's what was done. Here was it before. Here was their after. Here's why I did what, here's why I recommended doing what we did. And here was the outcome. And, and so it's really very conversational, very practical, great stuff. A lot of content, a lot of visual stimulus and eye candy, mind candy, et cetera. All kinds of good stuff. Certainly you can reach out and connect with me on LinkedIn, you know, and, and YouTube is another, YouTube and Instagram. I, I, I do stuff pretty, quite regularly, more so on, on YouTube. There's one minute Wednesdays. There's over yeah. 135 episodes of one minute Wednesdays. So those are pretty cool. And uh, so those are, those are some places I would definitely say reach out. Yeah, 100% recommend your content, right? I don't want to say it's sensory overload on your website, but it's it's so good. And, you know, David's not just uh, all talk. He walks the walk and there's some really good examples. And I love one minute ones. I think I even commented early on when I first got to know you and your content. I said, I love these these one minute Wednesdays. So uh, follow Appreciate him on LinkedIn, Appreciate connect it. on LinkedIn. We'll put links in uh, the show notes to everything. And And I really appreciate you spending some time with us on the show, David. It was my pleasure. Totally, totally my pleasure, Brett. And I would just say, you know, it's, you know, I mean, to me, the biggest, the biggest joy of all this stuff is, is helping people. So it's like I tell people in the masterclass, I say, my job here is to give you back you. I'm just interested in stripping away the bullshit. And just like, it's like, here, here, here you are. I'd like to reintroduce you to you. Here you go. Here's what you're capable of. And because uh, I never buy that, that, that someone is, is an underachiever, is an underperformer, is this, is that. If they're making choices, it's like, good. Okay, you made that choice. Great. You, know, you made that bed, sleep in it. Right. You know, and, and if you like the way it feels, great. If you don't like the way it feels, okay. You're the one who made it. You can, you can unmake it. You can make it newly. 
but you know, but that to me is just a matter of empowerment and a matter of independence. I like people being independent. I like people being in charge, and I don't like them being dependent and sort of, you know, shucks. <laughs> no, no, right. be a badass. Be a freaking force of nature, man. Cause some, cause some shit to happen in the world. Good stuff, you know. I mean, we're each so so capable of of, of causing ripples in the world, and that's that's what gets me excited. Yeah, that's awesome. And life's too short, man. That's <laughs> the message is spot on. Some of us took a little bit longer to get there to find what our passion was. But uh, as they say, better late than never, right? Absolutely, man. Look, as long as you keep showing up, I cannot fault you for that, man. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Uh, again, thank you, David. Appreciate it. Stay safe, safe healthy, and uh, we'll connect with you again not in not too distant future. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much, right, Brett. Take Out care. of ball. Out of Thanks. ball, man. See ya. Thanks. Thanks.